0: Hey, welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast for the week of December 19th, 2011. This is episode 131. I'm Chris Bevelo, president of Interval. We are the healthcare marketing firm that puts on the podcast. With me today, via
1: satellite, (laughs) are...
2: Oh, that's me. Jackie Ratako, account coordinator at Interval.
1: And uh, Adam Meyer, creative director at Interval. What's up on this pre-Christmas Monday? Sup. Yeah. Well. we'll yeah. Well, we'll have the show up before Christmas, right? Or are we going to post this after? Well, this no. will be, be this week's show. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you didn't know, normally we, we we record the week before at the end of the week, and then post on the on Monday.
2: Happy pre. But holiday. today we're
1: recording on Monday, and I'll probably get this sucker posted tomorrow. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: so so there merry thanks for christmas. joining us <laughs> yeah <laughs> or happy holidays See you later, or merry everybody. christmas or happy Hanukkah. Festivus. Festivus
0: we saw a Festivus pole this weekend it was awesome we were out driving it, around looking at, at Christmas Vu? lights and there was <laughs> no there was, a, there was somebody had decorated like a, a just a street pole just put yeah. lights around a street pole and I'm like look there's a Festivus pole and so my kids were like Hun- what's Festivus So we got to explain that to him.
1: How do you? How did you know that it was supposed to be a Festivus pole? Did it say Festivus pole on it? Oh, it it (laughs) might have just been. It might have just been Christmas decoration. But seriously, it
0: was like a random street pole. There was no other street poles. There was no other. I mean, it was just stuck out in the middle of. It looked so random that it had to be Festivus. It wasn't like you know I could go like through a downtown of a little, you know, like a little village or something. They have all the poles decorated. It was just one on a corner. Mike, that's that's got to be Festivus, Paul.
2: <laughs> that's awesome. Or a town
0: with a very small budget. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it could have been that. So, you guys got your Christmas shopping done?
2: Yes, actually, I did a yeah, lot of we, it cyberish this year.
1: Yeah, we did all of ours, um, pretty much all of ours online. Mm-hmm. The only time we ventured out was actually actually this weekend, and that wasn't for a Christmas gift. That was for myself to buy a new camera oh so that's
2: the only time you've gotten out recently
1: <laughs> yes normally i do not <laughs> like to leave the house
2: <laughs> yeah no, i'm, I'm really sure, I, am,
1: I am kind of a shut-in i, I like my I, I hate crowds i just like to i don't know i'm a grinch that way i guess no i'm with well, you I'm,
0: it's it was terrible Te- like tar- i've been to target like 17 times in the last week <laughs> Just for food and stuff. And it's horrific. Every time I go, it's crazy. And most people remember that it's the holidays and are cool, but there are some people that just, you know, they're kind of lost, they're self-absorbed, and they're just rude as all get out. So, Mm
1: -hmm. I think... How about you, Jackie? What was that? No. How about you? Have you been out and about, or are you...
2: Well, I'm just a natural-born shopper, so, I mean...
1: (laughs) <laughs> I enjoy
2: Christmas shopping, but I do agree. It's just kind of crazy. And for some reason, this year I just really got into the whole cyber thing. It's kind of been yeah. like an obsession. Like, I've been actually like shopping online, not even with, you know, like I need to go online to actually purchase this. It's like, hmm, I'm going to browse. Like, Etsy has been like my child oh, choice Etsy. online this year. Yeah. Yeah. So it's hopefully that dies off after the holidays because it's not sustainable.
1: <laughs> yeah. We, um, we have we got we just got Amazon Prime recently, uh, so taking advantage of that mm. free two day shipping really handy. But it's I almost, must say though, you, what's that? I was gonna say, isn't it, that kind of a a moot point now because they all do free shipping now? Well, they do free shipping, but you have to do kind standards. Of. So if you do Amazon Prime, you get uh, the two day free shipping, two day shipping. So if there's stuff that you actually want right away, you can you can order it online and pretty much get it you know right away. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you might have to wait a week. But, well, the, you know, for the most part, a lot of the stuff you order online, you could probably wait a week. But I, did, I think, you know, our our plan was to actually you also use it for some of the, you know, household type stuff. Uh, so, you know, toilet paper, toilet paper towels, that kind of crap. Nice. Well, the
0: the shipping thing, I think, is a watershed moment because everybody went to to free shipping. And once they've done this, I don't think they can go back, at least for the holiday season. Uh, and it, it totally transformed. For me, too, because the, the the key moment for me was last weekend, and I had Best Buy on my list to go to Best Buy and get an iPod Touch for my son, who's been begging for one, Uh and it's the only thing he's getting, because that sucker's expensive, and he... <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to go do it. And I've got my rewards card certificate, whatever. And I woke up, you know, and usually a lot of times when I wake up, I've got my iPad from reading the night before. So I'm kind of like, I don't want to get out of bed. So I look at the iPad, glance at my emails. There's an email from Best Buy, Reward Zone, sale today and tomorrow only. So I'm like, oh, I'll check this out. Get on there, see the iPod on sale for like 20 bucks off. I'm like, sweet, buy it right then and there. So before you yep. got to bed, I got my shopping done for that day. I'm like, wow, that, that's awesome.
2: Yeah, I'm going to chips for free. Why the heck not?
0: Yeah, and I'm like, well, gosh, maybe I should get some other things. And I'm like, oh, well, I care. Chips for free. I'll just buy something else <laughs> this afternoon, and they can ship that separate. Yep. Well, I,
2: I found myself last night, though, trying to get up to $50 at REI just so I could get free shipping. <laughs> so it's kind of like a brilliant deal because my thing was only 20 bucks, and then I bought a shirt. So they're doing something right because I just wanted free shipping.
1: Yeah. yeah. The most annoying, I think the only time I get annoyed on Amazon really is when you find there's something just little that you want. That's like literally, you know, $5 or less. Uh, but it's coming from a seller who's not prime and they're charging you like $6 oh, yeah. for shipping. And it's like, I'm not going to pay. I'm not going to buy. I'm just the, but based on the principle. I'm not going to p- buy something that I have to pay more than the item just to get it sent to me.
0: Well totally. said.
2: <laughs> right on.
0: All right. This should be a fun podcast. <clears throat> because... If it's not already. Well, yeah, well, more fun than our opening <laughs> scenario. <laughs> uh, Jack. you found this, and I actually kind of took it one step further. So Jackie found an article in Advertising Age called... Actually, yours was the top... The, the biggest social media screw-ups of 2011. Yep. Uh, and being... And I went there and I looked at it and then they have a list of things and they had the biggest marketing fo- screw-ups of 2011. So I thought that would be even more fun. So I went with that list. We could do the social media one next week, maybe. So the the article is called The Marketing Muck-Ups, The Biggest Follies of 2011. Now, have you guys seen this article, the marketing one?
2: I don't think so.
1: No, I saw the social media one, but I don't think I've seen the marketing one.
0: Okay, cool. Yet. So... I w- there were four of the ten that I actually had heard of, the rest I hadn't. But can you guys take a stab at, at you know, what you might consider to be on the list of the top ten? This is obviously national,
1: non healthcare care. Yeah. No, I, no, I've got getting... the link up right now. Well, don't look at it. Take a guess. Well, too late. These I would not have guessed any of these.
0: <laughs> well, Netflix. I think Netflix is a beautiful. Oh, is that one. on there? Yep. Where is that? You
1: must be I looking think, at the Chris, wrong Chris. I think list. you
2: sent us the wrong link.
1: Oh, oh, I'm looking at the social media one again. Yeah, The link says right in it,
0: Marketing Muckup's Biggest Follies of 2011. So maybe they mislabeled the link. Well, what the heck? That's all I can do. Sorry. Yeah, Netflix, that for sure. Well, no, it is
2: a surprise.
0: (laughs) So another one was Target.com. Oh, their, you talked the fact about? that
1: their site couldn't stay up, or just the fact that people didn't like the redesign.
0: Well, listen to all the problems with it: site crashes, broken links, missing baby and wedding registries, and carts with a mind of their own were just a few of Target's problems six weeks after the retailer unshackled itself from Amazon. So I didn't hear about all of those, mm. but um, mm. I think I did read that they had this. This thing says that there were twenty vendors involved. In the Jeez. I
2: know. In their Sa- one website?
0: Yeah, Sapient Nitro was the partner and lead integrator, Interpublic group of companies, huge, Infosys, IBM, and Indeca. And that says, with was- that many cooks in the kitchen, it wasn't surprised to hear reports of friction yeah. and
1: miscommunication. You don't say. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm sure it's, got, it's probably one of the largest retail websites online. I mean, in terms of, you know, the top uh, – nah. I don't know. I say, obviously, they're not going to be nearly as big as like Amazon. Probably not nearly as big as things like maybe even Overstock. Um, but top twenty at least, don't you think? Yeah. Oh yeah. That, yeah. Yes. I so they agree. wouldn't. I mean, why would they? Yeah, that's just bizarre that you would have that many, that many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, that's quite a bit. I mean, obviously, it's a massive undertaking to do any site of that scale. Um, but good lord. Yeah. I mean, every single one of those people are probably going to want to put their stamp on it in some way um, to claim, you know, hey, this is something we did. This is something we worked on. Those, you know, those stamps start to stack on top of each other and conflict here and there. Yes. How
0: about um, how about Bank of America with their trying to tack on a five dollar monthly debit card fee, which people rebelled against
2: and
1: they eventually had to take it down. Mm-hmm. yeah it was um was there a were a number of fees like that banks have been going nuts lately I mean aren't they like jacking up fees for like transfers and like same day bill pays and I don't know banks have been just I haven't really noticed it myself a whole lot I mean the main thing I do is you know, use my, I use my credit card for pretty much everything and then pay off the balance to accrue points, which is rather handy actually um so i've never. I haven't really noticed fees i very rarely take out cash very rarely transfer money around well i guess that's not true <laughs> have you guys noticed additional fees anywhere <laughs> um
2: was it just with bank of america this deal or
0: yeah well bank of america started it and then a couple other banks followed suit and then yeah, they rescinded and the other banks like wells fargo was testing it but Bank of America ruled it out as official policy, and people just scream bloody murder. I mean, they used the change in banking regulation as an excuse, so they try to blame the government by saying, "Hey, you know, they're they're increasing our debit fees that they have to pay to the retailers." Mm-hmm. Um, actually, the way it worked was the retailers wanted the fees they pay to banks dramatically reduced. And the banks wanted them to go up, and there was like some compromise in the middle where nobody was happy. So the banks used that as an excuse to to basically charge people for the right to use debit cards, uh, and people were like, "Eat this," and <laughs> and Bank
1: Bank of America had to go back. You know, and seriously, it's well, good. Hopefully, big banks keep screwing up like that, and people. I mean, I, <laughs> I use know. a big bank but i would I would be I would love to see people start moving like saying well whatever f you and and just drop them and go to like some local you know um credit union credit mm-hmm. union yeah I mean i I've considered doing totally. that just because I, I like to support the little guy anyway or, or to support that 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 concept so I don't know yeah. if if as soon as it starts to be extraordinarily inconvenient for me that's that'll be what pushes me over the edge to finally pull the trigger on that. It's such a pain in the butt, though, to switch your bank account. I mean, there's yes. so much tied to it. It
0: is. You pretty that's much have to thing. just start. You have to start a new one, and kind of get it yep. going slowly. Have two move to going, it. and then yeah, make a switch. Yep. 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 Sounds fun. Because there's so many things that are like um, you have automatically set to with, withdraw yeah. from your account, which are yep. That's tough. Okay. And then there's another thing for us. Another one that uh, I recognize was Groupon Super Bowl. <laughs> ad remember that we made so much fun oh, of that oh yeah we covered that in the podcast and no. what episode yes, was that
1: probably a blank on
2: it oh wait wasn't it about like Tibet or something it yep. was,
1: yeah it was like a really culturally insensitive
2: oh yeah I remember that
1: so
0: some of the others I won't read all these people we'll post the link the correct link if it's not correct now um but I thought these were interesting uh, is it Nivea or Navia?
2: I think it's Nivea, but <laughs> what was I'm always that
0: one? <laughs> well. I'm always paranoid about how I pronounce things because I called Ed, Adele Adelaide for for like six months, and I said it in front of my kids, and they just freaked out. They were giving me, they still give me crap for that. <laughs> Adelaide.
2: Adelaide, that's close.
0: Yeah, I, there's a character on one of my favorite shows named Adelaide. Oh, and so okay. that was my confusion. That's what I'm going with. Anyway, N- what was it, Nivea? Nivea?
2: Nivea, I think so. Nivea. Yeah.
0: So they had a campaign for a men's line that included photos of sharp-dressed guys chucking remnants of their former scraggly selves. The problem, under the photo of a clean-shaven black man tossing what looked like a severed head with an afro, ran the words, Re- re-civilize yourself after blog outrage, including a charge Nivea was God. unapologetically racist. The company didn't even attempt to defend the ad. It simply apologized and vowed never to run it again. Yeah, there you go.
2: <laughs> how does that how does that like scrape by people? Like I always wonder that. Like
1: Well, it's things like that that go there's a, a room of white guys sitting there thinking, well, this is funny. This is clever." Not even just uh, just unaware, just because it's I mean, so many I mean, right. We we probably. I mean, I think I think everybody of any culture is guilty of it on some level. It's not, I, I, I'm not going to say anybody is, you know, there's nobody who is perfect in that sense. I mean, I, I doubt it was, it, obviously, well, I shouldn't say obviously. I'm going to assume it wasn't intentional. Well, right. Um, yeah. But right. still, you got to run that yeah, thing I by just- a few people first before it gets printed
0: well and it it, and it um, runs
1: online or whatever
0: there's some article or column that's that's causing a controversy now by some dude in fortune and he's like a middle-aged white guy to your point and he he wrote a column that's titled something to the effect of if I was a poor black child and he and he's trying to like say if I were in that position here's what I would do and in, mm-hmm. and instead, all he does is prove that he's completely out of touch. Like the first thing he says is, "If you know, I would learn how to read and I would focus nice. on reading and blah blah blah." And you know, everybody's like just killing him by saying, "Well, let's see if you didn't have any food on the table and your mom's on crack and you're not even <laughs> sure you can get in the house, reading may not be your first priority." Kind of, you know, yeah. you don't have yeah. no right. clue how how
1: people actually live in this country. But anyway, the only person who, the only white guy who can say that is Steve Martin. He already did say that. I was born a poor black (laughs) (laughs) child. All
0: right, here's one more, and then we'll get into something similar. Um, Huffington Post. So, uh, you know, I don't read Huffington Post, but apparently they get a lot of crap because all they do is just take everybody else's shit. Excuse my language. In this in his ongoing chronicling of the aggregation sins committed by the Huffington Post, ad age writer Simon Dumenko offered an example of how a Huff Post staffer used and abused one of his columns. Huff Post responded, We have zero tolerance for this sort of conduct and then indefinitely suspended the staffer. But the punishment may not have May have been worse than the crime. Bloggers at Gawker, The Owl, and elsewhere pointed out that the writer was publicly skewered for doing as she was taught, as over aggregating has basically been a Huffington Post business model from the start. Adam, do you know anything about that?
1: Yeah, uh, Huffington Post. Some they did something. They got bought. They got bought out. I think something yes. changed big time with them. Um, and yeah so the whole i mean that's that's been their whole model forever it was just you know pulling content together they they had people who wrote for them but it was basically you know just this collection of like blogger types and probably some serious journalists and but overall like the credit for everything that was written pretty much went to like this cult this larger entity that was huffington post um so when they got bought out for like you know, like millions and millions of dollars. I can't remember what it was. Was it AOL? It might have been AOL. It might have been AOL. It bought them out and it was kind of like, well, you know, what are they, who's getting the money? You know, it was like, so the, the the aggregator is getting the money. Whereas all the content all along, you know, all these people who have been creating this content um, Mm -hmm. didn't get a penny of it. Didn't see any of it. So that was the big deal with uh, what happened. If I recall correctly, I've never been a huge fan. Follower of the Huffington Post. You know, I'll read articles there when, it's, when somebody links me something interesting, but I don't know. Much like anything, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like Fox News, which just feels too far to the right to me, Huffington Post often feels too far to the other side. So it's just one of those things that's... One of those sources that I've never yeah. followed too closely. Do you read it, Jackie? Do you ever go to it?
2: I don't know. I actually used to, because way back in the day before Interval, I worked for a political advertising firm... Um, and so I used to just kind of as part of my job have to scan mm-hmm. news entities, and that was one of them. So I always kind of felt the same way, though. I was never a huge fan of it. I just wanted to monitor it just because. Yeah.
0: So so when I saw the story, I started thinking about, well, what are what's the biggest marketing blunder I've been a part of? And I actually came up with two, but I want you guys to think about one. I'll share a short one, and then you guys can chime in and see if you've got any, and then I've got a, a really good one. Um, but this was back before the healthcare days. So Interval's been around since 1995. So we're coming up on 17 years. So we've only been in healthcare, focused in healthcare for the last 10. But before that, we worked in a lot with a lot of different, um, types of organizations. And this was, I believe, a like a commercial real estate management business, huge company. And each year they had an annual conference that they invited like their commercial real estate agents from around the country to be at. And so it was a big deal. It was a big budgeted event. You know, it was always like in a nice place, like whatever, Scottsdale or something. And so they hired us. We had done some stuff for them and they hired us to create the Save the Date mailer. And it was this Mm -hmm. elaborate multi-piece package, right, that went out. Uh, It had a Trivial Pursuit theme, Though I don't remember really how we implemented that, but it was just, it was just had all these like pieces and it was beautiful. It was a wonderful piece. So we go through, we print it, we send it out. It gets mailed to everybody. I think the, it was like, I don't know, between a thousand and two thousand 2000 recipients. And like four days later, the client calls us and goes, you know, we never put a date on to save the date. Piece. So the whole thing, critical element. The whole point of it was: this is going to be the most
1: awesome conference ever. Save the date. Never put the date in it. Maybe that's maybe that's (laughs) that's actually an interesting tactic, especially in this day and age where it's like, oh, well, let me Google this quick then and see when it is. Maybe that's Uh, kind of an interesting tactic to send out a save the date, not put a date on it, so that you're forced to. Because if you're someone who would save the date, now you're going to go somewhere to look for more information and try to figure out what the hell you're supposed to save the date for, or when it is.
2: Maybe this huh. was pre-interwebs, though.
1: Maybe it's just brilliance. It's just sheer marketing <laughs> brilliance, and you aren't giving yourself the right kind of credit. Well, it was trivia. You, you had to guess. That was a trivia.
0: That was the big question you didn't, you didn't get the answer to. But the client was very cool, because obviously she missed it, too, in all right, the proved, and all the proofing and editing. But still, That's that was funny. a debacle. Do you guys
1: have any I, that you remember? I, Jackie, no. does anything... I've got um You've
2: done everything perfectly I <laughs> <laughs> I
1: have a I have a funny typo from but it was it was when I was working in a healthcare organization and it was an internal newsletter so it wasn't quite as you know the big of a deal um, but it was a nice it was a nice newsletter and actually interval I think did it formerly Geiger Bevelo at the time uh, designed that one uh, but you but that was at this point it was being produced internally uh, so it was after you, after the agency had, uh, had done it, but it was a poll quote and it was quoting a ref, a line in an article that said something about sacred cows, but I don't know if I like manually typed the poll quote rather than copying and pasting it. And rather than writing sacred, I wrote scared. Oh yeah. <laughs> so it referred to scared cows rather than sacred cows. <laughs> was a and made it all the meaning. way out. Oh yeah, that went. To, that was that went went to press that way. <laughs>
0: nice. Well, that that reminds me of a typo that I got when I was at my before I started Interval way back in '95. I was at a, a worked in a marketing communications department for a huge company, and we were looking at hiring for a position, and we were looking at resumes, and somebody had put that at Drake University they were the director of public relations, but they dropped the L. In public pubic <laughs> relations. Totally. Totally, director of Pubic Relations. Awesome. <laughs> That's a classic.
2: That is a good one.
0: So here's here's the biggest one. I think this is this is kind of a cool story. You, Jackie you may have never heard this story. Maybe you have. Adam, I know you were either working with us or you were at North Memorial at the time, but we started working in healthcare in two thousand. In two thousand and two, we made the decision to focus only in healthcare. Mm-hmm. And so we only worked with healthcare from then on. And so starting in 2003, we started really digging into it. And we had an experience with a client where we were supposed to help them develop a – this is going to be a really long story, but it's a good one – develop a, a campaign for a primary care clinic that was new in a community. And we had some great ideas, so we set up a meeting to talk to the clinic manager and the two primary care docs that were in the clinic. And we showed up, and we, the meeting was at noon and there was nobody in the clinic, and they had a sign up that said, uh, if you need help, please go to the urgent care next door. Which, you know, first of all, I was like, You gotta be kidding me. You this is your new clinic and there's nobody here to staff it. And the the urgent care next door was not their urgent care, it was a competitor. So I'm like, not only are you giving <laughs> oh, nice. like the finger to potential patients, you are <laughs> you're sending them to sending the competition. Yeah. And it was the it was seriously like uh aha moment as far as the impact of the patient experience. Uh, because, you know, I remember thinking, you're going to spend a lot of money for us to market this clinic, and yet they're going to walk in and this is the experience they're going to get? you got to be kidding. Right. Mm-hmm. So we started really to focus on the patient experience, and we developed uh, – we had to brainstorm to develop this product called the First Impression Audit, which we've done for a number of hospitals. But it was really just like that, to walk into a clinic or a hospital or whatever – and we had 40 different things that we were looking at in different categories. Uh, and it wasn't just physically showing up, it was calling in, it was looking at ads, it was going to the website. Uh, examples would be, you know, did it take longer than uh, 15 seconds for somebody to answer the phone? Was I put on hold? Did they answer the phone call with the name of the organization? Uh, was that the same name as the one that I saw in the ad? Which you'd be amazed how often that's not the case in healthcare. And so we, this thing was awesome. We spent a lot of time building it, and we're like, you know, we better go out there and test this to see if we actually find something, because maybe it's no big deal. So we mm-hmm. went to a local hospital. I won't say which one. And maybe I've told this part of the story before. But we it was astounding. I went through the audit in like an hour, and I and I remember calling my business partner at the time saying, we have got to do something with this. This is unbelievable how many things I found. And so what we did was we did a study we took the top 11 heart centers in the Twin Cities and we did this audit on all of them. You know, uninvited and basically went in and just found so much stuff. It was incredible how much stuff we found. And so mm-hmm. we, we published the study, we published the results. And so the marketing problem was the results were gold. I mean, this is back in 2004, patient experience was not a huge buzzword, you know, at the time. Uh, especially tied to marketing and, and branding. And the results, I thought, were just breakthrough. And, and it got national publicity. We had lots of people. It basically put us on the map as an agency when it comes to healthcare marketing and branding. But when we published the study, we published all the results anonymously because some of them were lawsuit-worthy And we didn't want any of the hospitals, obviously, to get in trouble. So we didn't, you know, these are people that we actually want to work with. We don't want to screw them. So we didn't say like, hey, we found, you know, like a dead rat in the hallway at XYZ Hospital. We never found a dead (laughs) rat. But we found some things that were almost as bad as that. Uh, But what we did do was we we had the scorecard, basically, from the audit where we went through those 40 items and they were all yes, no. So it was completely objective. Uh, and we decided to go ahead and include that in the study. Now, to us, it was not a big deal. Uh, it was just to show that you could take this and do it yourself. And here's the here's some of the criteria that we thought was important. And it was very thorough and, and well thought through. And so it was literally like the last 10% of the study. That's how small it was. But when we put it out there, the some of the hospitals just went into complete... Crisis communication mode. We had one yeah. system that wanted to like sue us. Uh, we had it, it, it went to a, a local paper who got their hands on it and called some of the hospital systems before they received the report. And one of them literally called a hospital and said, "XYZ Hospital, Geiger Bevelo says you're the worst in patient experience." How do you respond to that? <laughs> Which was, you know, typical sensationalism, complete exaggeration right. for what you we were saying, but uh it was it was that part of it was a semi-debacle in the end it was it came out fine and most people understood why we were doing it it was well embraced but we got a couple of nasty emails and a couple systems that probably vowed to never ever in the history of man work with us so if we had just cut out that 10 percent, it would have been all good but big 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 lesson learned yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) big time that's a good one. It is a good one. All right. Got anything else? Anything else you want to chat about? That's it? that has been almost a half hour. Don't time I flies.
1: What's that? Well, happy, holiday. Don't say happy holidays. Don't oh, have,
0: have news? Oh, I have news. I always forget What's news. What's your
1: news? You always God. forget your news.
0: That's uh, a Well,
1: it's the same news I was going to read
0: last time at the beginning and forgot to the end. <laughs> Check out our new website at thinkinterval.com and check mm-hmm. out our new video on the three rules of healthcare advertising where we used mm-hmm. a online tool called Extra Normal, right? That's what it's called? Yep. Really fun tool. Um, people might be familiar with it because there was very famous animated videos created uh, by an employee at Best Buy. Did you already talk about this, Adam, on the podcast? I don't think so. Uh, but he was an
2: employee. Uh-
0: Not on the podcast. He was an employee at Best Buy, and he and he created this scathing video of people who wanted iPhones. And so this woman came in, and she's like, "I want an iPhone." And he's like, "Well, you know, with this phone, it's actually cheaper, and you can, you know, you get better reception." I want an iPhone. And he was like going through all the logical (laughs) reasons why the
1: other phones were better. This phone will grant you three wishes, even if one of those wishes is for an iPhone four. Right. (laughs) I want. want Give me an iPhone. iPhone. (laughs) So he. he got it
0: in big trouble. Money. I think he might even got fired. He got suspended or something by Best Buy. And then there's a huge backlash and Best Buy brought him back in. And But the software that he used to create that video is the same that we used. Right. Pretty we funny. We should post
2: that video with, yes. obviously, our video to the show notes.
0: We'll post a link to Pretty it. Funny. It's been getting good feedback, though. So that's good. So there's my news. Late cool. as usual. Late to the party. <laughs> All right, well, let's Sorry. let's sign up. Sign off there. How about that?
1: All yeah, right yeah, for Arrogant holidays, Healthcare. Everybody. What, Jackie?
2: I said, yeah. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy holidays.
1: Yeah. Will we have a show next? Next week is uh, Christmas week. No. Um, so, yes. Yes. May or may not have a show. Minutes. We think Unless we, we record it. Well, if we, well, yeah, I guess if we record another one later this week, that'll probably be out for yep. this week. We will. Okay.
0: We'll have to pretend it was Christmas and talk about all the gifts we don't know we got yet. (laughs) All right. We'll we'll talk to you guys next week, then. Yep. For Arrogant Healthcare (laughs) Marketing Bastards, this is Chris Bevelo.
2: Jackie Retackle.
0: And Adam Meyer. Talk to you next week. Happy
2: holidays!